Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and I have... Nikki Lachey. And we are here to uh, do some reviewing. And uh, first, uh, please make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. It would be nice to see those after birthday donations. I was almost going to say Christmas. <laughs> after birthday donations, go ahead. Just uh, once you click onto the podcast, you'll see... Um, listener support. I almost forgot. You'll see listener support at the bottom there. And um, go ahead and click it and make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. And uh, how was your day today, Nikki? Well, nice day. How was your birthday? My birthday was pretty dope. Pretty dope. What you end up doing? Oh, uh, somebody uh, hooked me up. With some uh, uh, tequila cupcakes. I never had tequila cupcakes before. Tequila cupcakes? Yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome person. Okay, y'all need to stop it. We know good and well that Nikki got you those cupcakes. Stop it. Stop trying to fool us. We're not stupid. That sounds kind of alcoholish. Alcoholish? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 what, what's that? Um, Ciroc strawberries. Now that sounds delicious. Yeah. Oh, yo. To change the subject, since we're going a little dark, you know what they said that uh, if you put strawberries in salt water, insects and bugs will stop coming out the strawberries. Wow, bro. Like, you really just killed the mood just now. You just, you know. And But you know what? If you do decide to do that, let me know. I want to see that shit. No, I've never heard of that. Oh, okay. But yeah. Hooray for strawberries. I'm going to try it, though, to see if it's true. They showed a video of it, but I'm going to see if it's true. I doubt it. Oh, okay. But... Today, well, wait a minute. You got a birthday coming up pretty soon. <gasps> it's here. My birthday is coming soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. And so I want to do. Is the quarantine going to be over? I mean, heck no. We're probably going to be in quarantine for another year. <laughs> Yo, but uh, I did want to do a, 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 a drunk episode. It probably is going to be our worst episode ever, but I did want to do a drunk episode. But we got to, I don't know if we should watch an old movie. So we won't waste it, but we should watch a new movie. We'll think about it. Would you, well, would you, I, don't, I don't get drunk, but yeah, I do. I'll entertain. You don't get drunk? No. Now you get mad aggressive when you're drunk. Really? Yeah, you do. That is the first time I yeah, heard of something. you turn turner. So weird. I don't, I'm a fun drunk. Yeah. Well, I don't even get drunk. I'm a fun tipsy person. You turn into Ica Turner. Ica Turner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you turn into. Anyway. We're going to go ahead and get into it. Today, we will be reviewing. Daniel Isn't Real, which can be found on Shutter TV. Which I've been having a little bit of problems with my Shutter TV, but I think I finally got it fixed. In Hulu. It's on Hulu as well? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Now, the logline is, When a stressed college student releases his childhood imaginary friend, he must find a way to stop the charismatic and deadly entity from releasing havoc. Now, the, re- the director for this film is Adam Egypt Mortimer. Remember Mortimer from, uh, what's the movie with uh, Eddie Murphy? The, uh, the two rich guys... It was Eddie Murphy, it was Mortimer. 
You remember? Uh, anyway. Uh, so you got Adam Egypt Mortimer. Uh, he directed Some Kind of Hate and Holidays, the New Year Eve uh, segment. Did you see Holidays? Where they did like the, all the horror movies? Like basically each holiday had a horror movie short. I don't think so. It was dope. It, I, think, I think it was pretty good. That was pretty good. You should check that out. I think you would like it. And also uh, they're, on, they're in post-production with Arc Enemy. But it's like together. It's not like arc enemy. It's oh. arc enemy. Arc enemy. Okay. Arc enemy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you have the writers for this film, Brian DeLeo. Uh, he wrote Paradise Hills and Curvature, and also Adam Egypt Mortimer wrote uh, some kind of hate, and also he's writing Arc Enemy. So the characters for this film, you have Luke played by Miles Robbins. He was also in Blockers, Halloween, and The X-Files. Did you watch The X-Files? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. And how'd you like the 2018 Halloween? Did you like that one? I did not. You didn't? Mm. I like that movie. I, I'm not a Michael Myers fan, but that was my favorite one so far. Anyway, you have uh, Daniel, played by Patrick Schwarzenegger. Now, you told me Arnold Schwarzenegger's son was in this movie. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. So, uh... He's actually pretty good, too. He was. He was. But guess what? What? I have a Arnold Schwarzenegger story. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait. So, my Arnold Schwarzenegger story. Uh, I actually met Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it was very weird. So, I'm going to have to, like, say this, this story a little fast because it's a little lengthy. So, at the time, I was working at a hotel and I was a bellman. Now, there was a situation where on eBay, he would he had these this book out. It was like right at the end of him being the governor. I think it was like at the end. And he still had um, Secret Service men walking around with him. So when I do my patrols on each floor, I would see like a Secret Service man on his laptop. I thought he was just on his laptop. But what he was doing was he was checking everybody out that's on the floors or maybe even in the hotel. So, because every morning I would, you know, go upstairs, I would see him, you know, on the landings. So, and I was talking to a valet because they would talk to the guy a lot. And um, they were just kind of like giving me info about what was going on. And they were saying that uh, it was a vehicle, uh, a SUV, a black SUV that was following Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they believed it to be this woman because... It was a book that Arnold Schwarzenegger had out, and if he signs it and put and you put it on eBay, it'll be worth a lot of money. And so they were saying that it was a woman that was trying to, you know, you know, chase down Arnold Schwarzenegger to get him to sign this book because they chased her away one time. So, all right, so they were saying that's the vehicle right there, that's the SUV, and uh, the um, Secret Service man was like, you know, he's going to take care of it. And they couldn't figure out how he was going to take care of the vehicle because it was across the street. So um, I'm standing up there with valet. And then all of a sudden, uh, also that was staying in the hotel was Diggy. That was um, uh, uh, Reverend Run's son. Uh He was staying with us. So, you know, and I met, you know, because actually I took uh, Reverend Run's son up, Diggy. I took him up and also his manager. So his manager comes out of the hotel and gets inside the black SUV. So we were like, oh, shoot, that was not the lady's SUV. That's Diggy's manager's SUV. So then the SUV pulls out 
and drives off. So it made sense why the van, they thought the van was following them back to the hotel because Diggy's manager and Diggy stayed in the hotel. Right. So as the van was pulling out the SUV, the tires were flat. So somehow the the Secret Servicemen flattened the tires, but like Valet said, they did not see the Secret Servicemen get nowhere, anywhere near the vehicle mm. to flatten the tires. So we don't know how he flattened the tires. So he was like, yo, that is crazy. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Secret Serviceman, flattened Diggy's manager's tires. That is funny. So we laughing about it. Now, I got a homeboy. Shout out to you, T3. Uh, you know, he's in the hotel business as well. So, you know, you can talk hotel business with other hotel folk. You know what I mean? So I was telling him the story over the, you know, my cell phone. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, this is what happened. whoop de whoop Diggy's manager. Ha, ha, ha. So the next day I come to work. I, you know, and at that at the at that particular hotel, we had to stand in the front, like the front desk agents, and the bellman had to stand in front of the front desk and greet all the guests that's coming by because we didn't have any check-ins. So, uh, on a Schwarzenegger was coming by, and he was looking over in our direction. So, you know, the girl that was next to me, she's tall, you know, tall girl, um, cute girl. And I'm thinking they're looking at her. So I'm like, all right, you know, ladies checking her out or whatever the case. So I see, you know, like Arnold looking over in our direction or whatever the case. So I'm thinking he's going to say something cool to her as she passes, as he passes by. So we're sitting there. I'm like, he keeps glancing over in our direction. He keeps glancing over. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to say something, say something, uh, you know, cool or whatever, which he think is, is cool or has game or whatever. So. As soon as they pass by, get ready to pass by, he says something to, this, to, to the secret serviceman. So I'm thinking in my head, he's probably like, yeah, check her out. You know what I mean? So the secret servicemen all turn around and by this time, they're directly in front of us. They don't look at her. They all look at me. <laughs> and so Arnold Schwarzenegger just like, like, like he mean mugs me. So I'm like, what the fuck? Why the hell is he mean mugging me? So he just mean mugging me and the and the uh secret service men they just look at me, all of them, they just stare at me. And they all walk by. I'm like, what the fuck was that shit about? <laughs> so then I'm thinking, I'm like, I didn't have to deliver anything to Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? I'm thinking all the stuff that I did, you know what I'm saying, since he's been here. I'm like, I had no interaction with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Only interaction I had was when I told my homeboy, and that joke is shot, Diggy's <laughs> manager's tire. So that means they were listening on my phone conversation. Oh. <laughs> and I was on the phone at home. Oh. So it was no sense for him. It made no sense why this joker me mugged me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you so think they were listening to your phone they, that, That's the only thing that made sense. Because I, I, I went back, I'm like, did I deliver anything to him? Was I supposed to deliver anything to him? I always spoke when he came in. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, nothing made sense. So yeah, so that... that what I that's what I think happened. So yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, you can find uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger on the movie Benchwarmers, Scream Queens TV series, and Midnight Sun. And you have Cassie played by Sasha Lane. Uh, she was in Hellboy, American Honey, and Amazing Stories. Remember Amazing Stories? Back in the day when we were younger, it was like a show where. It was one show where the old, like an old black man, wanted to play kick the can, and he went to the nursing home, and the old people like were kicking the can around, and they all turned into little kids, except that one. Probably a, a long a time bit. ago, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> I 
kick the can. I can't I can't do an old man voice. That sound like Jesus. Just, just talk normal. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, you got uh, uh, Claire played by Mary Stewart Mary Stewart Masterson. She was in Fried Green Tomatoes and The Stepford Wives. I remember my mother made me watch Fried Green Tomatoes at the movie theater. My cousins get to go see Commando. I had to like sit and watch Color Purple or Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, more about the story. Uh, a young Luke, avoiding a fight with his mother and father, goes out with his toy, Wilbur. He's a young kid. Um, and he stops at the scene of a crime. Um, there was actually a shootout and he's looking at the murder the dead body that's on the ground but that's where he meets a young Daniel now Daniel is later invited over for dinner where they play with imaginary swords and parachutes until one day his best friend almost gets him to kill his mother and that's uh, actually where they uh, make a smoothie or some type of milkshake and puts all of his mother's prescriptions pills in the smoothie or milkshake you know so um also uh luke was you know finally after that act luke finally decided to lock daniel away in a dollhouse which was well, his grandmother it was, it was his mother's instructions his mother told him to lock him away he didn't want to do it but his mother told him he had to do it right and uh, while Luke was in college, his mother began to become more ill, making Luke feel more guilt. Um, while seeing a psychologist, the conversation leads to Luke being told to release his imaginary friend from the dollhouse, which the psychiatrist thought it was more like a metaphor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, but he didn't know that it was really an imaginary friend locked in a dollhouse. And uh, Daniel helps Luke with his confidence um, once he gets out of the dollhouse. He helps Luke with his confidence. Um, he helps him cheat on a test, and even helps talks even help talk his mother out of committing suicide. So Daniel became Luke's best friend after that. Well, Daniel was actually Luke's only connection in a movie. If you see that, that was one of the things that you notice is, is Luke is a traumatized kid. Um, he dealt with his mother had mental illness mm -hmm. and he is on the verge of a mental breakdown as well so um, as a kid he didn't have many friends um, the only friend that he had was his mom right and right after that traumatic event um, Daniel just became isolated he kind of focused on school and that's basically it right he had um, no connection to anyone else mm -hmm, which 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 what is what brought him to see a therapist is um, he kind of mentioned that his mother was against therapy therapists altogether that she felt like that that was a waste of time and she had been in and out of a mental institution pretty much all of her life and um, ruined her marriage yeah it ruined, it ruined it made his dad walk out on her so um, Daniel was afraid well no I'm sorry Lucas was afraid that he was going to turn out just like his mom he and he wanted to be as normal as possible, so he was taking the necessary steps to get his mental in check. Right. Um, but what he failed to share with his therapist in that session was the fact that um, his imaginary friend um, almost made him kill his mom. He, right. he, he hid that portion, and so um, the therapist, not knowing 
the, the ramp, ramifications of, of, of what his imagination can do. Yeah. He told him that, yeah, imagination is not a bad thing. I want you to revisit your imagination. Use your imagination more. And he took that as to the only imagine, imaginative imaginative thing that he ever had was Daniel. Daniel, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's, that's, that's when it went crazy because, you know, Daniel was looking out. Daniel was helping him get chicks. You know, doing all the, you know, saying all the right things, because you know. But the, you just, you just don't know. The thing about it is, in this whole movie, you, you kind of really don't know if is Daniel real. Is he real? That's the real question. Is Daniel real? Or is he, or just is Luke having a psychotic breakdown? Right. So uh, yeah, so that that was a few things, and and it was a lot of mental illness. Uh, I felt that was in it. The mother, um, of course, Luke. And also, I feel like Cassie was a little unraveled. Uh, Cassie was uh, Luke's love interest. It seemed like you kind of disagree on Cassie being a little un. Well, I don't. They don't really. They you don't you don't really. They don't say it was never been diagnosed that she had mental illness. Um, but I, the reason why I say it because I felt like she had boundary issues. Like he Luke when she came to Luke because they ran into each other, and. Uh, she brought Luke's item. Luke dropped an item. I forgot what it was. I think a wallet or something like that. And she brought it back to his house. And he went to go find, like, basically reward money. Mm-hmm. And, like, he told her to wait at the door. And the next thing you know, she just walks in the house. Like, like nobody that, that, nobody that does that. That doesn't necessarily have to be a mental illness. That's a behavior trait that's not. Yeah, that comes from mental. <laughs> from, 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 no. Yeah, it does. Your it's, behavior does come from the mental aspect. Well, those are two different areas. You can so, have so a mental saying, illness, and then you can have a behavior illness as well. A behavior problem? Yeah. From mental illness? No, not necessarily. They don't. They don't always have to be in twos. They can. You can have. Well, well, that doesn't make her mentally ill because she walked out. But it showed that she had boundary issues. Like, like nobody just walks in somebody's house. Like you do that to people you know, and like she never met this dude before, other than running into him. And then she just walks into his crib, makes a comment, start. He he, he talks about how his mother hurt herself, injured herself. She making jokes about it, and then she's like, "Oh, that's mean." Like. Like she, she, she ain't too right. And then plus, she was talking about busting some girl in the head at the uh, club. She invited. That doesn't Luke. mean she has mental issues. She just has she, a behavior. That that, issue. that was impulsiveness that she was displaying. She was okay, like, okay, <laughs> Doctor Blue, are you Doctor Blue? <laughs> Yo, I mean, shoot, I mean, she talking about busting the girl in the head because she's a hey, poser. I, I talk about bust bitches in the head too. That doesn't mean I have mental problems. Yes, you do. You suffer from mental illness. You have boundary <laughs> issues, and you're impulsive. Anyway, uh, now, nah, but um, but yeah. So you know, that was the gist of the story. It's kind of like dealing with uh, mental issues. Well, his mental, but Luke's mental. His trigger was his mom. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever his mom was involved or the situation involving his mom, his mom, that's when his stress level went so high, and that's when he just mentally just can't deal with it. But I kind of felt that before Daniel. He, his situation, like he was stressed about his mother, but it was more like a caring thing. Like he wasn't. 
he was stressed. Yeah, yeah he, like, but that's that's the thing. I feel like Daniel drove him. When you're a little kid, those things that that's your whole world. With his with his mom and dad, they are fighting. They're getting ready to split. His mama is probably going to a mental institution. His daddy is leaving. That's that's mentally traumatizing we, we, for a kid. And we didn't see his father anymore either. Yeah, his father left after his that. His father split for good. Split good. for good. So and then then as a kid, you seen a dead body right outside just a dead body that was that's traumatizing to a kid so and his that's his mechanism was to find a, a coping well, it's his way of coping yeah yeah and then yeah. that's when daniel appeared yeah daniel is his savior right now his only friend in the world so what would you compare this film to I would probably compare this film to Drop Dead Fred, of course. The Wait a minute, that's mine. Drop Dead Fred, um, Split, Identity, and Fight Club. Identity, where the guy had multiple personalities. Yeah, all those personalities. That was a good movie. And they were, it was really good. I liked yeah. that movie as well. That was very similar. And they had to kill off, kill off all the different personalities so right. that that one personality could just live in that body and, and right. be normal. Right, right. And you said, you said, uh, you said Fight Club. Mm-hmm. It kind of Gothica. Do you remember Gothica? I remember Gothica. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, because I I was thinking um, Fight Club because I don't know if you caught this, but at the beginning of the movie where uh, Luke was on the train, this was before. This is when Daniel was still locked in the uh, the house mm-hmm. allegedly. In the reflection of the train, you saw Daniel. Really? Yeah, Daniel was on the train with Luke, but it was like through the reflection. And that was the same thing that happened on at the beginning of Fight Club. Remember where he was going up the steps with like a, a quick flash of Tyler Durden mm. when the uh, when the, um, uh, Norton mm. was going up, whatever. Like he was at the airport or whatever, and Tyler Durden kept flashing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that kind of reminded me of uh, I, I can see where you got uh, Fight Club from. Uh, for me, this reminded me of the Exorcist TV series. Really. Why, why would you say that? Because remember how you get possessed is by the entity befriending you. Right. And nobody else can see him. Mm-hmm. Like the little, like, like the girl was laying on the old man's shoulders and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that didn't really make sense how cool he got with her. But watching Drop, well, watching Drop Dead Fred, but watching um, Daniel Isn't Real made me see like how, wow, oh, okay, that's how, you know, like he befriends you because he, like, as a kid, he befriended. Uh, uh, Luke, Daniel. But did. did you notice how Daniel grew as Luke grew as well? Right. He was a right. little kid, and then when he came out, he wasn't a little kid anymore. Right. So it, it kind of made sense, you know. Like it, I, I, it, it, it made me understand uh, Exorcist TV series of how they get um, trapped into being possessed. You know, um, Drop Dead Fred is what you stole from me, <laughs> and also Jacob's Ladder. Uh, I, well, Drop Dead Fred is the invisible friend that um, that gets into mischief. And uh, I used to have a crush on the lead character from Drop Dead Fred because she was on Gremlins. Remember Gremlins? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I forgot the character's name. Uh, but um, but she, you know, like so you had the invisible friend or whatever that you needed to lock up, and also Jacob's ladder. That party scene where he like passed out. Maybe kept seeing those googly goops. Yeah. Those puss heads. Which which was weird because that was happening before Daniel though. Daniel was already locked up. Was, Not before Daniel, but when Daniel was locked that up. That was one of his reasons why he went to go see a therapist. But right. Because right. again, 
he was on he was stressed out and he don't know how to deal with his level of stress some people just don't know how to adapt right so yeah that was the other thing like, that what you do when you get stressed out. out what do you what do you do it calm your nerves when you're stressed i jerk off <laughs> <laughs> what do you do <laughs> if i'm stressed i'll have a drink or two you have a drink or two yeah you get aggressive i don't get aggressive. stop throwing stuff around and turn the ica turner i don't know where you get that information from <laughs> uh yeah so well i used to uh Hold on, so I hit my punching bag, but you know, I don't want to disturb my neighbors. When I get real stressed out and pissed off, if something really pissed me off, I'm probably going to hit my punching bag. They just probably have to deal with it because, you know, I got to get that, that relief off. That stress well, at least off. we're not stress eaters. That's how people gain a lot of weight when they get stressed out and they just want to eat. Eat and eat. Eat and eat. And feed you. And feed you. And feed that was Wu Tang. That was Wu Tang. I thought that was seven. I didn't feel a man. In the first kill. I'm gonna sew your butt cheeks together, pause, and keep feeding you and feeding you and feed anyway. So, what are some of your likes for this film without telling your dislikes? <laughs> can, well, can you manage to I that? like the storyline. I thought that the storyline where everybody kind of touched a little bit on, on the mental aspect of it. So, I really like the storyline. I think Daniel was a great character in the movie. I like. I like the way that he's portrayed in the movie. I think he did a great job playing Daniel. I like the fact that you don't really know if Daniel is real or if Luke is having a mental breakdown. So it's a, it's a lot of scenes where you can say, okay, I can see how they didn't know that Daniel was real. Or I can see, or he's talking to himself. Because sometimes in the, in the movie, they'll show you as um, Luke and Daniel are engaging conversation and then then sometimes they'll show you Luke talking nobody's there but we know he's talking to Daniel so you kind of see both of them mm-hmm. you can see what everybody else sees and then you can see what he sees right that's it that's it oh, okay <laughs> well my likes I, I did I did think this was a good story um Daniel lets down the audience and Luke's guard. So you at one I mean, you know, if you're on Shutter TV, you know you're watching horror. But there are some movies that's on Shutter that's not really horror, so you don't really know. I mean, you expect to get horror, but uh it, he does let your guard down because he's very friendly. But then you start to notice a turn. Yeah, you see how he has that jealousy in him and he yeah. has that envy in him. He's like those seven deadly sins. That's what Daniel is. <laughs> what about gluttony? He was being greedy because he wanted to. He wanted that lady up under the um, when they were up under and they were inside of the, the man, sewer or something. The sewer yeah. or something. He's like, I want it. Let me get it. Let me get it. Give me your body. I'll take her. What about sloth. So and the uh, <laughs> and so anyway, as I was saying, this, the the spotlights on mental health. That was a good thing. Um, they also mentioned the super flu that takes everyone out. That sounds like the coronavirus. <laughs> so anyway, they were speaking into the future. And uh, also the body switching. I thought the body switching was crazy. Yeah, I like that we, was cool how they did that. Yeah, because it was like the first time they switched, they were mangling their body together. Kind yeah. of like on Hellraiser. Like, I don't know if you saw Hellraiser. Was it three, three or four? Was it not Hell on Earth? That's three. Uh, four, where they I think they were like 
going into the past and future and went out of space. It went all kind of crazy places. But anyway, that face was getting all mangled together. I think that's when the twins would mangle you. Like, they would tie their bodies into your flesh or whatever, one of the Cenobites. And then, um, but then the other one was where he opened the guy, uh, 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 Luke's mouth and, and went inside, the, you know, Luke's Try mouth. Climb in. Yeah, and then it kind of reminded me of uh, Beetlejuice when the girl, uh-huh. uh, was it the dude that opened his mouth real wide? One of them. <laughs> so what about your dislikes? Well, I did not like the ending. I felt like this was a great, great, it was a good movie, really good movie. So I was, I expected more from the ending. I, I wanted something else. I wanted it to, to intrigue me. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That resolution didn't really. I know they tried to like uh, let you, you know, set you up for it in the beginning because when they were kids, they uh, they, the they, played, they played. Yeah, yeah, they played sword fighting and stuff like that. So then that was like, well, hey, we're just setting you up to let you know that it's not too weird that they're going to be sword fighting at the end of this film. But it still was kind of weird. I, you know. I wasn't it really was feeling just, the fight. It scene. just kind of drops you. It was that was just it was like, yep, this the end of it. Goodbye. It was just that. Yeah, like they it couldn't really find they a, they did a more. good ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, sometimes all, all the cool scenes that they had in the movie, right. I expected more for the ending. Yeah, like something something more dramatic. Right. Because you know, it was a more dramatic film. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, it yeah, we were looking for that. I I mean even the parachute part when they fell off the building, uh, it, they didn't they didn't release the parachute. When they were kids, they showed them release the parachute, but he mm-hmm. didn't release his parachute. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what's the whole purpose of the parachute scene? <laughs> so I wonder if they actually had that scene written in there where he was going to use the parachute in the, in you know, um, uh, 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 spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel basically falls to his death, and then he's like floating down in his little parachute. Right. I, you know, or maybe it just seemed too corny. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that or it could have been where Daniel lived on, you know, because now that Cassidy is there, you know, Cassidy, Cassidy might have Cassidy. She might have some type of mental illness. Why didn't Daniel appear to her? No, he jumped in it. Remember he jumped in the. No, home. I mean when they fell and they was, she was sitting at the bottom. No, of the at, no, at the end when. He's looking out of the uh, that that mountain, mm-hmm. and you know that the little thing that mm-hmm. swirl, and you jump in it, you come Ca- into the real Cassie world. Cassie didn't see him. That's what I'm saying. Cassie didn't. See, she wasn't. She wasn't in the alternate universe yet. Okay, what I'm just saying is, I was looking for something, and and the end of it, something more exciting, like maybe now that uh, now that what's his name, Luke is dead, and the same way that that dead body appeared when he was a kid, now Cassie is here. Why wouldn't you know? Then he'll he she'll be his new friend. I think that was open for interpretation, cause cause like he jumped in the the swirl. It wasn't open for interpretation. She sat there. She didn't see anything. No, no. She said, "All right, time out." She sat there with him, right when he was dead, right? Yeah. And then it went back to Daniel. He was in this little this. Okay. Wait, wait. Let me finish. Mm -hmm. He was in this mystic place, right? Mm -hmm. Now we both saw when Luke was at the mystic place to get back to Cassie and Daniel. He jumped into the swirl pool. Daniel jumped into this world. That's not how they first met. They first met when the little boy saw the dead body and then he just appeared. That, he, that's and, all I'm saying is but, at the end of it, mm-hmm. they could have did the same thing. Don't tell me how I, how, how I, I wanted I know, it to I happen. I, I do it. But, but the thing is, we don't know how Daniel got to the little boy. Most More than likely, Daniel jumped into the swirl pool to get the loot. Okay, I'm not talking about what Daniel did. I said at the end of the movie, 
because now Luke is dead, it would have been nice to have Daniel appear till Cassie. But that's already, what I said. But she already know how Daniel looked. No, she don't know how Daniel looked. Remember he she to... said, that's just a feeling that I had. She didn't actually see him. She didn't see. Daniel never spoke to her. I'm Daniel you, wasn't, you go ahead. Daniel go wasn't her friend. So let me, how I wanted it to end, that's how I wanted it to end. Don't tell me how you, I wanted it to end. Are you ready? Dead. Are you ready? And then secondly, okay. what okay. I did not make like sure, about the movie. Let me get my turn. Get it out. Before you try to cut me off and tell me what I thought, what I wanted to see. Cassie, she didn't really have a... She wasn't that visible in this movie to me for her to be the only one who can draw a picture of Daniel. Or she wasn't... Why did she have such a strong connection with Lucas? Because she wasn't She wasn't visible enough for that. I didn't see how the relationship actually built... Was built. Mm-hmm. How Why it was so strong. You don't really see that. But I'll, it, it had to be there because they went to they went to go see her, and she's the one who drew the picture of him. Well, had she, I guess she felt the aura. Yeah, I mean, I, that's yeah. what I mean. So is the, is it because of mental, mental illness? Or? Well, did she have mental illness as well, or is it because that that Daniel was trying to go to her next? How come she was the only one who was able to kind of visualize that there was somebody else there? All right. That, that, that all you dislike. Thank you. That all you dislike. That is all my dislikes. All right. And I dislike the way <laughs> critic Cal trying to cut me off and tell me about what I think should the, the end should be. I didn't tell you what you think. I was letting you know it was there. Now, uh, the part where, if you're familiar, where Daniel uh, took over Luke's body and she, they went inside Cassie's loft and he had his little suit on. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember the scene where Cassie had the scissors and Daniel rearranged his face from Luke to his own face? Right. So therefore, you said that she but never that did, seen But him. that never really happened. And she didn't really see him because it was still Luke. But he arranged us. He but, th- but that, that was that was what we were supposed to see. But did we actually? Did she actually see that? Yeah, she because was freaking that kinda, out. That, kinda, that freaked her out. That kinda, I mean, him rubbing his face is not going to freak nobody out. Because when he fell down on the floor, when he fell down off the building, it was still the same face. But she knew that it wasn't him. That it was right because he rearranged his face. He didn't rearrange. He his did. Face. Re- we that, saw it. That kind of we saw it. As if we we can we can we can, we can this, see this, his the mental same way, The same way the psychologist saw it when the Daniel psychologist op- didn't. We don't know the psychologist so why, why did, really so what, saw it. So what did, what did the psycho? Why did the psychologist start screaming at? Because he was he got attacked. No, when he was laying on when da- when Luke was laying on the couch and Daniel so was you, cro- when Luke was laying on the couch and Daniel opened his mouth wide and he was like, oh my god. Why was he screaming, oh my God, if Daniel was just okay, laying so, on the couch? See, I mean, Luke just laying on the see, couch. See, that, that's how the movie did it. It gives you, it, it gives you what, what you think could have happened. Like, mm-hmm. with that whole scene that you're talking about, it could have been what Lucas dreamed, and but what he did self-consciously is he attacked the, the therapist because then what you're saying is that Daniel was actually real and this was really happening. Or is it that if he has a mental illness and it could have, this is what could have occurred. It's, it, it's always those two ty- those two sides of the story. Is Daniel real or isn't Daniel real? Because if you believe Daniel is real, then you believe all of that stuff happened. If you believe Daniel is not real, you know that this is a mentally ill person who dreamed of all the stuff that is happening in his head. I believe 
It's two. It's two. Because it, it's two sides. Of, it's two sides of this. That's what made this a really good movie as well. It's because it could be. It could be that Daniel is real, or it could be a mental illness. It, it didn't explain why Dr. Cornelius Bryant Braun was screaming. But anyway, so let me go to my dislikes. So uh, I did. I also like. Uh, we agree with the the resolution. Um, I, I wasn't feeling Miles Robbins acting at times. That was Luke. I wasn't feeling his acting. It felt. You know, off. Well, I like the fact that he's a he was a fresh face. I mean, they could have did anybody who plays this part a million times, like they happen on CSI. Everybody plays this role. Um, I like the fact that he was kind of fresh and he was kind of innocent to that sort of say. He was believable, but he wasn't believable as well, which which is great for a mentally ill person. So it kind of worked out for me. Okay, now I didn't like Cassie figuring out that Luke wasn't Luke. Um, she didn't know him that long to know right. that, that wasn't exactly. Luke. So it's that connection part of it. How how come she was able to see all of this and she didn't even have a strong connection before with before he arranged right. his face around all of that. Yeah, and uh, the death scenes weren't that great, um, but the we're we gonna play a game. I'm gonna see if I can turn this into a game. There was a black guy in this film. Or black person in it. Well, two black people in this film. Now, was there a stereotype for one of the black people? For any of the black people? Did you see any stereotypes? I, I wasn't counting the black people, so I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the stereotype, I forgot. I mean, you also had the interracial stereotype. But what was the black, who were the black people? Um, Cassie. Oh, yeah, Cassie was, she was, she was kind of, I was wondering, was she, was she, african-american or was she supposed to be mixed i really couldn't she's probably mixed okay. like she's probably mixed she's like my sister to be honest with you she reminded me of my sister a lot um but i, I my sister isn't mixed but she she just like like so she might not be mixed because my sister wasn't mixed she's like like her but anyway um dr Cornelius braun the psychiatrist okay and uh do you know what stereotype he played I didn't know he played a stereotype. What yes. stereotype he played? He was the magic negro. Oh, okay. Do you know what the magic negro is? I, I don't know what the magic The magic is. negro is that person that has that special, that has that 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 magical power. You know, like that, you know, most of the uh characters come to, like you yeah, have like the white man character will come to. Well he he I will, think he said that he learned how to <laughs> Yeah, he went from a psychologist to like somebody like a spiritual who, doctor. Then he went to yeah, not not because he had a magical staff. If you stab him, it'll release him. Yeah, he had he 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 did spiritual. Yes, some spiritual side of him. Was it from Indian, or what did he say he learned it from? I don't know. It's magical. He's a magical Negro. He kind of said he he mentioned where he learned it from. He's a magical Negro, and you know who else? You know, like to give you idea idea who magical Negroes are. Like the Green Mile, John Coffee was a magic Negro, and then you have Child's Play. Remember, you remember the first Child's Play. Doctor Duff, the the voodoo guy, who they I think they went over to the house or something like that the, um, to find out more about Charles Lee Ray, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think Chucky got to him first and broke his leg, and then you remember he vaguely he broke the voodoo that. doll up. But yeah, like you know, like that's the, that's the magic Negro. They usually do magical things and they usually die, you know, the <laughs> to help out the the, the protagonist. So that was the stereotype Dr. Cornelius Braun played. Thank you for playing. What stereotype is it? Did you say what stereotype Cassie was? Oh. Cassie? What, what? Cassie? Oh, she was in an interracial relationship. Oh. Yeah, you know, both black women, they get in interracial relationships. 
that's that's their thing. It's like, hey, you know, we just, we just, oh, you know what? You need you a white guy, y'all, and that be it. But you know, um, so that was oh ratings. Who would you like your ratings to be? I gave this eight grandma dollhouses. Grandma dollhouses, eight of them. Okay. I give this seven and a half dark shadows. The dark shadows. That's what was. Well, you got to find out what the dark shadows are, and what the uh, the dollhouse is, the grandma's dollhouse. So uh, that is it for Critical Blues Reviews. Would you like to give your information? Um, you can find me on Instagram at NikkiLB1. And you can find me at Critical Blue Reviews with a K. Critical Blue Reviews on Instagram. Send me a like, shout out, whatever. State how you feel. And also, you can find me on Critical Blue on Facebook. All right? All right, folks. That is it for Daniel isn't real. I was I was uh, entertained. I watched this when I was at work. Don't tell anybody, but I was entertained. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything else you would like to say, Nikki? Yep, I think it was a good movie. It's a good watch. It's not hard to watch at all. I'm just don't don't get your hopes up high for the ending. All right, all right. So that's going to be it, and we might do an episode where a drunk episode. Are you down? do a drunk episode i guess but you know I, i'm a lightweight i only have two or three drinks anyway i don't get drunk uh, and and i'm glad the people on here heard you the first time when you said you don't get drunk so that's wonderful don't get drunk. Uh, that's right you said, you said you you're a lightweight yeah i'm a lightweight i don't get drunk if you're a lightweight that means you get drunk easy no i don't get i don't get drunk that means after two or three drinks i'm usually done for the night because i don't get to the oh level. you stop oh you stop i don't drinking. get to the level where i'm drunk yeah i could turn a everyone all right that's it and talk to you later bye one